welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is located on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Te Sequetum territory within the unceded traditional lands of Sequetum Ulu. And today's text, We Are Totally Normal, takes place in Santa Monica, the traditional home of the Chumash and Tongva people. And Joe, mm-hmm. I think one thing we need to talk about right off the bat is that some of our listeners might be reading a version of the book by Rahul Kanakia, and mm-hmm. some people may have a copy that says Naomi Kanakia on it. So the yep. author of this book uh, is trans and now goes by Naomi Kanakia. And so that's how we will be referring to her as we discuss the book. But that transness is something that we're going to definitely get into as we think about sort of how the book functions. So I just wanted to sort of share it off the top. Yeah, this was super confusing to me because I kept thinking that there was another book with the same title and a different author. Even though the last name is the same, I kept finding references to Rahul or Naomi, and I didn't know which one was the contemporary one because yeah. it feels like this is a very new transition. Yes, it it is. Um, we're going to talk about an essay that Naomi Kanakia wrote on her website <laughs> titled, If You Dislike My Novel, You're Really Not Alone. <laughs> candid (laughs) which i'm slightly obsessed with um so yeah i think that um in that you know she talks about the fact that like she was beginning to transition at the stage that she was doing the copy edits for this book so Mm -hmm. it's sort of all wrapped up together i think in what we're looking at today Yes, and I feel like the two listeners who wrote in Victoria as well as Tea Books and Chocolate sort of stumble on part of the problem or some of the challenges inherent with what Naomi was going through in the process of, yes, writing this book, making those edits, and also obviously undergoing a very significant personal change. So as I mentioned, we do have two listeners who wrote in, and it was interesting because I feel like this is the first book club in quite some time where people were either very divided or just outright didn't really like the book. Yeah, I always feel kind of guilty when people don't like the book club picks in particular. <laughs> I don't feel guilty when we do like an adaptation that people don't like, even when it's my choice, Joe, because like, I don't know, you win some, you lose some. But there's something about sure. like, because book club is like a curated feed of books, mm-hmm. I feel guilty when people don't enjoy them. Um, right. But I feel like in this particular case, you took a risk, whereas some of the other ones you've actually, you've known that the book was reliable because you had either read it or you know, you had talked to people and you knew it was a good pick. So I don't know, like, I'm, you've never really clarified how you make some of the selections for Mm. book club. Do you want to go into that? Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on what we're aiming for. So this time around with our focus on sort of stories that are not from our own lived experiences, Mm -hmm. I have sometimes been shooting in the dark, like sometimes I've got great examples to hand and sometimes I don't. And one thing I was really interested in looking at this time around was queerness in non-white communities mm-hmm. and particularly like bisexuality or questioning among young men because mm-hmm. it's pretty common to find YA books about girls exploring, you know, multiple aspects of their sexuality, but boys tend to be either gay or straight in the YA world, right? Yeah. 
And so that was what drew me to this book. And I hadn't read it before, but I'd seen these reviews that were really mixed and particularly mm-hmm. the reviews that seemed to be very, very anxious about a boy having sort of bisexual experiences or questioning experiences. And that actually attracted me to the book. But I think in the long run, it's maybe not what the book does best. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally get that I have I have irritated <laughs> some folks with this selection. No, I don't think that's the right <laughs> word. But I mean, you and I were having a conversation before we started recording about how some people have written very negative responses to this on book review platforms. And one of the chief criticisms that's come out is that the main character, Nandan, doesn't end up settling into a traditionally codified or defined sexual orientation category. That was a lot of words to basically say, Nandan has not figured himself out by the end of the book. And I think that's one of the the struggles that people have with it is that mm-hmm. they want some kind of certainty or they want a resolution. And this book is sort of against that. Yeah, it really is. Maybe I should say what the book is about and then yeah, we can jump I, into that part. I'm excited to hear this, Brenna, because this is a <laughs> light on plot book. Yeah, this book really does not have a plot. So our protagonist is Nandan. He is the kind of high school student who is sort of just trying to coast through. He wants to go to all the best parties. He wants to get along with everybody. He wants to feel like he's in the popular crowd. He wants to be kind of on socially. And I think that's a really interesting thing that the book is doing is that Nandan is constantly like the sociologist trying to analyze where everybody is like fitting in socially because that really is his obsession. He's Mm -hmm. far more interested in kind of like the context of what's going on than maybe like having authentic experiences, which is sometimes really annoying from a reader's perspective. Yes. Yeah. He's too busy telling us about what other people are doing than letting the events unfold or even sometimes organically participating in them. And the other big piece is that Nandin readily identifies as not a leader. He is a follower. Proudly so um, sometimes, and other times really stressed out by the fact that that's who he is. (laughs) Yeah. He's very obsessed with his ex-girlfriend, and he really wants to be included in the girl's sort of interior world. It's a place that he feels very much rejected from. And so this Mm -hmm. is sort of some of the questioning that happens at the beginning of the text. When we first meet Nandan, he's obsessively interested in his friend Dave, He gets emails from Dave or texts, and he has to respond to them right away. He wants to go see Mm -hmm. what Dave is doing all the time. He's obviously very interested in Dave. Yes. And at a party, uh, they hook up. And there is a lot of, like, young male sexuality in this book that's explored Mm -hmm. in very frank ways, which I think is actually a strength of what the book is doing, although some reviewers feel feel otherwise. (laughs) A little confrontational if you're not ready for it. Like, oh, we're we're – talking about oral sex in very frank terms. Okay, yeah, yeah let's absolutely. go for it. <laughs> and right after the hookup, Nandan starts to wonder, like, did I really want to hook up with Dave? And mm-hmm. thus begins the entire context of the book, really, which is like, I'm gonna make out with Dave, I'm gonna have a little bit of sex with Dave, then I'm gonna wonder if I actually like boys at all. That's sort of the narrative that goes on and on back and forth throughout the text. Yeah, because he's so interested in Avani, which is his ex-girlfriend, although it seemed like they were never right for each other either, and... She's terrible, by the way. (laughs) Oh, I mean, here's the other thing. (laughs) If we're talking about unlikable characters... Everybody in this book except Dave. (laughs) Basically, and... (laughs) 
I found it deeply ironic that both T-Vox and Chocolate and Victoria said, like, justice for Dave. I felt so bad for Dave. Poor Dave. Would have preferred to have read this book from Dave's perspective or maybe Marie, who is Dave's on-again, off-again girlfriend until Nandan and Dave just end up deciding, okay, let's be queer together. Let's come out to our parents and so on. Yeah, and and Dave really in some ways feels pressured into it because he likes Nandan so much, mm-hmm. but he has a much different family context. And this is something that the book is really bad at. <laughs> We're going to get frank here, folks. <laughs> it's an incredibly diverse cast of characters Yes, about whom you will learn basically nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so like, we're told that like, Nandan is Indian, but his mom is super cool. But still like he has this he has like, he'll tell us he has cultural baggage. And then you'll be like, mm-hmm. which Explore. is what? And he's like, No, I'm not gonna tell you. And then it's no. like, it's hard for Dave to come out to his family because they're Chinese. And you're like, mm-hmm. are they? <laughs> okay. In what way? Because you say they are? Yeah. It's so ill-defined in what I found to be a very frustrating way, because you're right, this is so diverse. Like, I don't even know that we have white characters in this mix. And yet, uh, it's definitely something that Victoria struggled with. So one of the things she says right off the top in, in her email First off, for a book that has a diverse cast of characters, none of their cultural backgrounds are explored in a thorough, nuanced fashion. It is all surface level and brushed aside. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, good point, Victoria, because that is one of the great frustrations of the book. And from my perspective as the selector of book club texts, I was like, no, 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 no. The fact that you're not (laughs) white is the thing I'm interested in. (laughs) What are you doing to me? What are you doing to me? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this the novel progresses with this will they won't they and we meet sort of the characters and there are a bunch of set pieces like around the, mm. the lake house that Avani has access to but she doesn't like it that other people want to go there but then she does want them to go there and mm-hmm. also nominally they go to school and time does Sometimes. pass like i think a school year passes if i'm not mistaken at least half a semester yeah but it's hard to tell because the book isn't really that interested in any of those things. The book is interested no. in whether Nandan is going to become comfortable in his relationship with Dave, or whether he's going to break his heart, or what ultimately happens, both. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> More or less, yeah. This this is a tricky one. Like, we're, we're going to talk about things that maybe excuse or explain some of this. But at the end of the day, if you go in and you just read this book and you do absolutely no research about Naomi Kanakia, it's not satisfying. It's a deeply frustrating book. And to the point where I kept saying, why is it so long then? Why can't it be (laughs) 75 to 100 pages shorter? Because so much of it is just this kind of circular logic that Nandan is going through. You know, oh, I want to be popular, but also I don't want to do anything. But I want to get into capers. But also I don't want to spend time with that person. It's really frustrating to live inside this character's head. Yes, it it is ultimately. And I think... You know, if we take out the sexuality for a moment, we have to come back to it. It's integral to the book. But 
like formally the book has a lot of problems. It's not really sure what Nandan's central motivation is. Mm-hmm. It's not really sure what the central love story is. Mm-hmm. And it's not really clear on which of the friendships are even most important because that also jockeys throughout the text. So, yes. you know, just in terms of craft, the book has quite a few problems. Mm-hmm. That said, if you go to the Goodreads reviews, people aren't complaining about the craft. No. They're complaining about the fact that the book isn't like quote unquote gay enough. Yep. And I think that that is a huge problem because once you sort of think about Naomi Kanakia's response to the reviews of the book, and there there is a pretty good argument to be made that what this is is actually a trans narrative. That yes. Nandan is not really unclear about his sexuality. What he's unclear about is his gender, right? It's not mm-hmm. that he wants to be with Avani. It's that he wants to be with the girls. He wants to be included in that world. He feels deeply alienated from the social lives of most of the boys in the text. And and that exploration, if we had just gotten a little bit more mm-hmm. of that conversation, which in fairness, like Kanakia was not ready to write that story yet, but right. what we end up with is half of that story. Yep. And that I think could have been, that could have rewarded the reading of the book a lot more than it ends up doing. Yeah, it's frustrating because you sent me that piece and I read it through and I do think it explains a lot of where the frustrations and even, as you said, the kind of structural problems with the novel. You know, sometimes this feels like a loose collection of interactions among people. You're not even sure if they really like each other, (laughs) but it just, it feels formless, right? Like we're still putting together the threads of what a finished novel will be, except this is the finished novel. And I appreciate that Kanakia was not ready to write a trans narrative because she herself was still figuring that kind of stuff out. But this to me is a failure from an editorial or publishing point of view, because that should have been when we say, you know what, let's put the brakes on it because this isn't coming together in a way that is going to work for audiences because it's you're still figuring out what you're writing as an author. Yeah, this book ain't cooked yet, I think is ultimately what the editor should have said. Exactly. And, you know, I don't think that that necessarily falls on Naomi Kanakia. Like, Mm -mm. sometimes you need somebody who isn't working on it directly, like who isn't as invested in it, to encourage you to take that step back and say, why don't we hit pause for a moment and figure out what's really going on here? I think what surprised me the most is that David Levithan is the editor for this book. Oh, David. And I expected mm. a different call from, from David mm-hmm. Levithan as an editor here, I would have said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about a point that Tea Books and Chocolate brought up that I I just feel like I feel like Joe that sometimes, you know, my influence it just it like resonates with people clearly because <laughs> yes you're an influencer Brenna. this is me this is me i'm an influencer because tea books and chocolate wrote the last little nitpick that came to mind as i was writing this was about class and parents there was mm-hmm. such a lack of parental involvement that it made it seem much more working class because like for example this is me interjecting but as an example nandan's mom is a nurse i think right. she works extremely long hours and is never home and and she works nights yes and she works nights 
but a total disregard of money plus access to cars and lake houses made it feel really wealthy. I feel like I just couldn't get the flavor of the community or the characters. Yes, true. Um, mm. So I think that is all very fair. It's something that fascinated me about the book because, yeah, there's no worry. I mean, Nandan is being raised by a single mom. We're told his dad is totally not in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, she's clearly working all the hours. They live in a tiny apartment compared to like the houses of his friends and stuff. But right. when it comes time to like buy homecoming tickets, mm-hmm. uh, get booze for a party, like there's never any problem. No. Nandan is never limited by those things. And so it is a very weird disjuncture. Like, it's clear that Ivani's parents are wealthy. They have this lake house. Mm-hmm. And so there's something, right? Like, you would think in their relationship that distinction of class would have had some impact, but we never hear about it. Like, in general, the book is just not interested. And it comes back to this idea. It's not just the sort of ethnicity or the, like, culture of the characters that the book isn't interested in. It's also not interested in, like, a lot of these nuts and bolts pieces. Like, Mm -hmm. does this character have money? Y or N? Yeah, yeah. So much of my experience was kind of huffing and puffing through this book. (laughs) If only because so much of it ended up feeling a little bit rote and repetitive. You know, there's only so many experiences that we can have at a party where different people are hooking up or, oh, that one guy that Ivani used to date is come back and now he's trying to be the life of the party. You know, Victoria mentions that she could just not get invested or care about the high school politics. And I feel like it's the same issue, the same problem that we've Mm -hmm. been describing about the other facets of this book, which is just, we're not really sure why or if it's even meant to be important because it's there, but it's undercooked. Yeah. Um, The other point that Tea Books and Chocolate brings up that I actually really liked, it made me feel old. (laughs) So plot-wise... Nandan is convinced that coming out will make him seem more interesting to people. It'll like raise his social capital. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating because T-Books and Chocolate is like, I didn't buy this. And I totally know that things are different now. Like my younger cousin who is in their junior year has a friend group that's basically exclusively non-binary. And my other younger cousin is out as trans with no issues, but I just can't relate. And I do, Mm -hmm. I, I do think about this a lot. Like, It's very clear that within the world of the text, like Dave and Nandan exploring their sexuality has some kind of cultural cachet that is also very foreign to me as a 40-year-old lady. (laughs) A hundred percent. It does not resonate with my experience at all. But also then I have to (laughs) check myself and say, well, sweetie, you're talking about a quarter (laughs) of a century ago. One would hope that things have changed a little bit. <laughs> oh, Lord. I do want to point to something that Victoria said in in her email, because I think, I think it's something that I am still thinking about. So she mm-hmm. writes, I remember seeing the rating for this novel on both Storygraph and Goodreads, and the ratings were around less than three stars out of five, which is unusual for a book on those sites, Correct. which is true, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It made me worried that if a book could be downloaded for exploring important topics like queer relationships in high school or questioning your sexuality, will there be a chance that these sites could spiral like IMDb, where people will download a film just because it its matters are exploring a progressive subject matter or centering stories about groups of people who are not typically explored? Is that too dark to think? think about i was thinking about this in relation to next week's episode joe because we're going to talk about sort of like a rock star by matthew quick yes which is objectively 
like, not to spoil the episode, but like, not great. No. And I would say a significantly worse book than this one. Oh, hmm. Exceptionally different, but I mean, yes, for the sake of of, uh, (laughs) moving the episode along. Yes, I agree with you. But it has way higher ratings. Oh, yes. On Goodreads and Storygraph. It's much more conventional. This yeah. one has functional problems, whereas yes. that one is, it's a tearjerker and a feel-good, quote-unquote, book. And yet, yeah, I think you and I actually found a lot more distasteful aspects of that. I can recognize all the structural problems in We Are Totally Normal and still right. say that, like, there is some value on the page to what is happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as Victoria notes, like, I'm happy this book exists, which I appreciate. Like, yes, me too. Right. And I think that there's more challenge to sort of standard YA in We Are Totally Normal than there is Mm -hmm. in something like Sort of Like a Rockstar. But that conventional story with the good tearjerker is always going to still score higher on like a mass review site. It just is, right? And I think what's so Mm -hmm. interesting to me about the reviews of We Are Totally Normal is that the critique is not like... Hey, there's not enough backstory. Hey, class functions really strangely here. Hey, like what's mm-hmm. happening culturally with these characters? Like, hey, what is Nandan's motivation? No, no. The central complaint is like not gay enough, not standard enough coming out story. Mwah. Yeah. So does this surprise you? Because it doesn't for me. You know, I think back to some of the earliest episodes that we had on the pod when we were talking about Becky Albertelli and yeah. how people were complaining that she needed to be queer in order to tell this story or that, you know, we needed to have these characters slotted into their predefined sexual orientations no. by the end of the book or there was going to be hell to pay. Well, I mean, Goodreads effectively forced Becky Albertelli to out herself as bi, right? Just to like... Mm-hmm deal with that level of critique. No, you're right. It, I guess it shouldn't be surprising. I, I think I'm increasingly aware of how many of those complaints come from like white lady YA reviewers. And mm. I, we've had this conversation before, right? About like queer stories that seem to be written for yes. white lady YA reviewers and not necessarily like queer teens. Mm-hmm. And I, I, There's some of that here, right? Like, if I was a teen questioning my sexuality, particularly if I was a teen boy, I think I would probably be really refreshed at the frank way that sexuality and desire gets talked about in this book, right? But, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't see any reviews that spoke to the value of that, which is interesting because it, again, comes back to this thing about, like, who is YA actually being written for in 2023? Mm Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. And there's a point that Victoria makes in her email where she says, I actually deeply related to many aspects of Nandan's characterization, including some of his discomfort during sex, as well as his struggle to figure out his sexuality. Those moments of vulnerability felt tender and relatable as someone who took a very long time to come to terms with her own bisexuality. And yet I was also bored with him. (laughs) I think that's fair. That kind of nails it, right? Yes. There's there is that frankness that we've alluded to. There is something very relatable to this idea that you can question yourself without immediately coming down on, oh, I now have a name for this. Like mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I think that back to the sequence in Heartstopper where um, I can't remember which of the two boys does it, but, you know, he he searches for am I gay and he takes a test yeah. and then it realizes this doesn't quite fit. And he ends up immediately then going to bisexual. And the reality is that it's not that straightforward when it's your own lived experience. And yeah. as much as I was frustrated by this book, as much as I hummed and hawed throughout <laughs> my reading experience... I do appreciate how messy it is because mm -hmm. sometimes sexuality and gender and coming of age narratives are very messy. Well, they should be, right? It's a time of experimentation and figuring out who you are. That's literally why it's called coming of age. And if they're too tidy, it comes to this question of like... Well, it's so pat, so fake and, yeah. and just it's unrealistic to me. Like some people I do think it's easy for them because they kind of know exactly who they are. And there's a comfort in that. But I don't think it's everyone's experience. And to then downvote because you said needs to be more gay. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's a you problem. That's yeah. something you want from the book. It's not necessarily what the book is giving you. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think that that's exactly it. I think that oftentimes, you know, YA really struggles with who its actual audience is and who is more likely mm -hmm. to buy the book. And like, sure. I think there's also, you know, in that piece, Naomi Kanakia wrote, there's a, there's a question about like the marketing of the book, right? Like one of the things she writes is, I'm going to read this passage. Some of my friends have been like, this book isn't being marketed well. It's being marketed as a fluffy rom-com and it's not that. To which Ooh, I'll no. say, I participated fully in the marketing of this book. In fact, I suggested marketing it as a fluffy rom-com. In my mind, it's extremely hmm. fluffy. But secondly, wow. there's no market anymore for issues-based LGBTYA. Whole market has been taken over by romance. If there's anything I've learned uh. from my first book, it's that there's no percentage in releasing a book that people don't think they want. People want the thing that they think my book is, and that felt great, but most of them are disappointed. <laughs> that is a roller coaster. Holy cow. <laughs> Because in some ways, she's very astute about the economic realities of trying to publish a YA book that is not conventional. And yet at the same time, yeah, how do you barter with the fact that in order to be successful, maybe in order to get another book, I've got to participate in this, which I kind of like because I want people to like my stuff. Yeah. But also, they're probably going to be disappointed in it. The problem with any conception that this book is a romance, though, Oof. Is that I'm not convinced that Kanakia is convinced that the love story between Dave and Nandan is, like, the goal. Like, mm -hmm. first of all, I think it's really important to note that Nandan and Dave end up together. I don't Oof. understand why all these people in the reviews on Goodreads are like, he's straight at the end. I'm like, what book did you read? <laughs> But also, I don't understand how you could see any positivity in the end of this book. You it's know, there's so... a reason that both Victoria and Tea Books and Chocolate said, justice for Dave, Dave deserves better. It's a bummer. They are So it's important to note, Nandan is not straight at the end of the book. No. He is not persuasively in love with Dave, for mm -hmm. sure. And that's a big problem. But he's not straight. The book is also not a romance because I'm not persuaded mm -mm. <laughs> that the end of the book is good for Dave, which would mean that it can't really be a romance. Yeah. Yeah. No, if anything, what happens at the end of the book is that we have settled into some kind of publicly normalized relationship. 
but Nandan has done absolutely zero figuring out of himself. Absolutely zero. In fact, really, Dave is like a refuge. Like he's going to hide in Dave 100%. and just be queer. And then he doesn't have to think about what the book is, I think, secretly actually about, which is his gender identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, if you read this as a questioning trans narrative without a resolution, I do think it plays better. Way better. And I wish they had marketed it that way. But I guess maybe the argument is in 2020, there was not an audience for that. Right. And I was fascinated by that take that... Kanakia has that ultimately the market has been taken over by romance because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, even just programming book club and trying to keep things pretty contemporary for book club this time around, because we know that our listeners tend to prefer contemporary and they tend to play along with book club better when we do contemporary books. Mm -hmm. If you don't want it all to be straightforward romance, you have to dig quite a bit. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to find stuff like this and it's not going to be wholly satisfying. So I totally understand where Victoria and T-Books and Chocolate are coming from Mm because a lot of what they wrote in their emails resonated with me. Me I found this a challenging read, you know. At the end of the day, I'm not sure that I enjoyed spending time on this book. I don't necessarily wholly regret it, but it's definitely not my new favorite. No. But with that said, I am interested to see what becomes of Kanakia's future books Because I'm hoping that some of these issues will have been sorted and we will get some kind of positive middle ground where the story and the structure are a little bit strengthened. And maybe by finding herself and who she truly is, we'll get a little bit of that deeper connection that we're looking for emotionally with these characters. Yeah, I hope so too. So Joe, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy to leave our conversation about this book here. I think so. Yeah. And I've already alluded to where we're heading next week, Joe. We're going to be looking at sort of like a rock star slash its film adaptation altogether now. Uh, We're going to talk about that next week. I think it's a good episode. And Mm -hmm. then after that, we're going to check out the film of Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, which is just so long coming and I'm very, very excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're reading ahead to the next book club, we are going to be reading Ready When You Are by Gary Lonesborough. Or if you're in Australia, it was published as The Boy from the Mish. So that's the next book club title and thank you to mm-hmm. miriam for that recommendation yeah yeah we're we're continuing <laughs> i recognize that we programmed a lot of queer boy texts <laughs> in like a short span so uh, i hope you're enjoying this ride folks it's not about to end anytime soon <laughs> all right so if you want to get in touch with us about this episode or any episode you can find us at HKHS pod on Twitter or on the hashtag HKHS pod. Joe, where do they find you? I can be reached at Beast on my remote, and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. And for more long form things, especially our beloved book club responses, you can reach out to us on email HKHSpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can also send your feedback about any episodes there if you want to get into the mailbag. You likely noticed that there was no mailbag last week, and that's because nobody wrote, so we didn't have anything to talk about. You gotta write in, people. You gotta. <laughs> I love how it's forced communication at this point. <laughs> Look, if you want an episode, you gotta write in. We love to hear from you. You know we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, until next time, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. I
I can recognize all the structural problems with we are totally normal and also say that I'm glad I... Well, that's strong. <laughs> Let me rewind. 